with Hashem's loving grace. Uh, we're learning tonight, Private Speaking 202. This is the, the master's course. Now, in the university, you learn public speaking. There's a public speaking course, but this is a private speaking course because there's your own personal private speaking, not speaking in front of a group, but being alone and speaking with the Almighty. Many people find that prayer is not meaningful for them because they, they come out and they're, they're not focused. If you take little Kim Jong, the 105 Korean, and he takes these 10 cinder blocks, and he's about to hit them with his fist. He's going to break those 10 cinder blocks. And right as he strikes the cinder blocks, you say, hey, Kim Jong, and you take his focus away slightly, he's going to break his hand, not the cinder blocks. That's to have total focus. The same thing goes with our prayers, with our personal prayers. It's difficult, but the challenge is total focus. Now, I picked especially before Yom Kippur, uh, something that we could have money in the bank. We could take for Yom Kippur and help our own personal prayer. Whether we are talking to Hashem in the synagogue, whether we're talking to him out of a prayer book, whether we're talking him up to a, a hill overlooking Midlands in the UK, it doesn't matter where we are. And by the way, welcome, have everybody, Rabbi, we have tonight, we have Italy with us and Sweden with us and the UK with us and uh, all over the United States. Welcome, everyone. It's such a delight to see you. Okay, so now we are learning and Likutemo on the second part. We're skipping the end. This is something that uh, our regular during the year learning, learning according to order, Hashem has enabled us to finish uh, Torah Aleph and Torah Beit in the first part of Likutemo in the first discourse and the second discourse. After Sukkot, we'll begin the third discourse, which is a very special discourse. It's about song. It's about singing. This is special for you, David Dome. Okay, this is Torah number three, Torah Gimel. Okay, but tonight, we take a couple of short Torahs. At the end of Likutei Moran, the second part, there's Torah 95, 96, 97. If we have time, we can go into 98. They're all Rabbi Nachman's thoughts about personal prayer, and they are so relevant to the high holiday prayers. Okay. For Rebbe Nachman is going to now take us our power of personal prayer, and he's going to uplift it next level. It doesn't matter where you are after tonight's lesson. Uh, okay. Put on your, your parachutes, shoot up. You're going to go up to the next level. Okay. So we're going to learn practical advice that we can implement right now, Sunday night, even Shabbat. Don't have to wait till Sunday night to Yom Kippur to call Nidrik. This Shabbat, in fact, tomorrow morning, Friday morning, Shachrit, or Right now, after less, you go out and to go out in the meadow and talk to Hashem. Okay, so we turn to Torah ninety-five in the second part. It's called Likutei on Tanina, the second part. And Rabbi Nachum says, Rabbi Nachum says, "I'm going to speak about the topic of Hitbodedut, uh, your personal prayer. I could, could conclude personal prayer with with Hashem." And the reciting of psalms, supplications, and your own personal request to Hashem. Rabbi Nachman says, Tov Ma'od. He says, very good. When Rabbi Nachman says, Tov Ma'od, every says, Tov Ma'od, this is, this is riches in the spiritual bank. Tov Ma'od, Shizuchin Lamon Belev Shalem Bemet. That we could speak to Hashem with a full heart. This is wonderful. And Rabbi Nachman says, Tov Ma'od. It's like when the Torah says, Tov Ma'od in creation. In Glishit, when Hashem created, he says, Hine Tov Ma'od. And here, it was very good. Behold, it's very good. Rabbi Nachman said, Behold, it's very good when a person could speak to Hashem with a whole heart. So let's clarify what Rabbi Nachman means with a whole heart. See, it's whole heart. He says, Until a person merits crying 
to Hashem. In other words, you're so into what you're saying. It's crying. This is not tears of complaining. These are tears of what dvekas, tears of cleaning to Hashem, where the neshama is so odd, so in love, feels the close of Hashem. Now, there's something that you will find in the High Holiday Prayer books, and this is really salient. People don't understand what the Arizal says, and it's mentioned in the prayer books. The Arizal says that a person must cry during the High Holiday davening, during the High Holiday prayers. And if the person doesn't cry, there's something wrong with their neshama. So a person can say, wait a second. You know what? It's I got to get hit on a sledgehammer. I don't feel like crying. But what is it? Did a lot, a lot of thought and pondering and introspect into that particular result, and tried a little bit of difference. Tried, but Rabbi Nachman has uh, a practice that before, even Rabbi Nachman before praying in the morning, he wouldn't even drink water. He would give his. He would. Wouldn't give anything to his body. No cup of coffee, no water, no anything. First, take needs to, of the soul and then of the body. Okay, and this is Rabbi Nachman learns this from a passage in the Torah okay, that, that a person should not eat on his own blood. Okay, so in other words, it, a person should first of all take his spiritual side into account before his physical side. Now, what happens? As soon as the body is satiated, the Torah tells us at, at the end of uh, at the end of Deuteronomy, Torah says Vayishman Yeshurun Vivat, that as soon as Yeshurun, that is a metaphor for Israel, waxes fat, he kicks. Okay, when a person is fat into drink and fat into food, and he's got a big a big sirloin steak in front of him or a big Chateaubriand, and I don't, but no, he's you know who could who could speak to him. Now, the more we put our body aside, then the more we give power to the soul. So when a person doesn't cry, it means that the body is blocking the divine light. And to try it, if a person is, okay, now if a person fasts and a person thinks all day long, we spoke about this last night in the moon hour, we said we called Yom Kippur a day for the soul. And uh, those, a lot of our group here would, heard the moon hour last night. If not, you can go into laserbeams.com and listen to a moon hour last night. Uh, a day for the soul. The one thing about Yom Kippur, people say, oh, they dread, they dread that Yom Kippur is a is a day of 25-hour fasting and the body's denied this and the body's denied that, the body's denied all its pleasures. Oh, Hashem is not punishing us. Hashem is doing a favor of my beloved daughter, my beloved son. I'm getting the obstacles out of the way. I want your soul, your soul. When I call you son or daughter, it's not your body, it's your soul. Your soul is a tiny part of me. You've got my spiritual DNA. This is Shem talking to us. So Shem says, come on, my beloved daughter, talk to me. Come on, but son, I haven't heard from you all year long. You, you have your, your head like, like an ox in the feed trough. Okay, like, like have, you, have you ever heard, go in an Arab village in, in Israel at 3.30 in the morning, you hear the donkeys bring, donkeys, they get, they get really hungry 3.30 in the morning. Okay, so that's why I, th I think maybe that's why the, the Arabs, the morning prayers, the Muslim morning prayers are at 3.30 in the morning because they got to get feed up the donkeys anyway. So they're going to bow down and see in the morning. You hear this, this characteristic. The dog's barking and the donkey's braying 3.30 in the morning. And this is uh, to get up. This is the call. Even before the Muslim calls for the, 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 the muezzin calls for the prayers. 
Okay, but this is uh, 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 this is what we are. We sound like a donkey brain. Our body's brain can't have my cup of coffee. I can't have my breakfast. I can't have my toast. I can't have my 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 duck and donuts or whatever a person wants. No, no, no. Take a day for the soul. Now, as soon as we put the body aside, okay, body, at least one day a year, at least today, we'll learn this lesson, what Rebbe Nachman is teaching, especially on Yom Kippur. And that's why I'm teaching it now, because during the year, the person said, wait a second, I'm that person that's prone to crying. So why is Rebbe Nachman say I should cry to Hashem? Because a person that's not prone to crying is probably a person that's bodily oriented, probably a person that enjoys decent health and has a decent income. And doesn't have much to cry about. Okay, so it's okay. Ooh, give him a little pinch. He'll cry. He'll yell. Sure. We see people when they're in trouble. I get this all the time. You have the fair weather friends, but oh, all of a sudden, someone, Rabbi, what's going on with me? What's going on with you? Hashem wants to hear your voice, my brother. Hashem wants to hear your voice, my sister. And that's when we have difficulties in life. And just see, why does Hashem give us still difficulty? Then when a person has a challenge, a health challenge, an income challenge, whatever's going on, okay? It's not that Hashem doesn't want him. You're, you're Hashem's beloved child. Hashem wants to punish you. That's ridiculous. That's an aim to think that for a single moment. People think, no, Hashem loves you. It's the exact opposite. But up till now, I, had, I don't have your printout. Hashem hasn't had your attention any other way. So he's getting your attention now. So the person is sick and does some more, how much more prayers and how much more fervent and this and that. Okay, so when you get the real connection with Hashem, Hashem doesn't need the sickness anymore. Hashem doesn't need the financial problem anymore. Hashem doesn't need the, the, the rose right out. You see people that walk away from stage four uh, cancers and walk away from all types of terminal disease. And all of a sudden, the, the doctor saw some kind of growth. It's not there anymore. Okay, but not if we don't cry out to Hashem to save us. We cry out to Hashem to get close. And once we really want to get the close, understand Hashem's message is all to bring us close. This is what Rabbi Nachman is saying. So when Arizal says, he says that a person has cried something wrong with his soul, well, the Arizal means that his soul is being blocked by the body. It's like you're, you're playing rugby or you're playing American football and you've got this big 100, 340 pound linebacker. He's, he's, he's blocking you. you. You can't run with the ball. You're not going anywhere. Okay, this is what's happening. The body is blocking the soul. So when Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman says that we have to merit to cry to the Almighty like a son that's crying to his father. Rabbi Nachman says, wait a second, wait a second. Okay, so a person reads Likutei Moran, and he reads Torah 95, and he says, oh, I've got to cry. And if I got to cry, that means I got a good soul. So he says, oh, I need to cry. <laughs> I need to cry. <laughs> I need to cry. Force himself to cry. No, Rabbi Nachman said, that's not it. It's got to come from deep inside the wellsprings inside. It's got to come naturally. Don't force it. Don't try to force tears. It has to come naturally. When you focus on Hashem and you put your body aside, it will come naturally. It will. And then Rabbi Nachman says that just the thought, oh, I have to cry, this thought, completely confuses a person and disorients this person. So don't think that. Okay, now a person is no longer sincere. He's trying to cry. He's trying to earn a role, a role in, in the new Hollywood film about personal prayer. I cry, I can cry, I can cry. No, no, that's not the way you do it. It's just you go sometimes. You think, uh, this, this, earlier this week, I, I, I told a story about uh, 
my Shabbat with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And just think of the Rebbe's eyes and see the Rebbe's face. I couldn't keep a dry eye. It says, because the, the, the Rebbe, the real tzaddik, you see a real tzaddik, and he right away brings you close to Hashem. And pff, you, you just can't keep a dry eye when you're, your neshama feels Hashem. Your neshama can't remain apathetic because that's the almighty. We don't know. We've got all this concealment in the body, all this armor we're carrying around with us. But the neshama knows when you get a tiny spark of divine light, the neshama is right there, right there. And the more we put our body aside, then the more the neshama can feel it. And that's the gift of Yom Kippur. That's the gift of the fast of Yom Kippur. It's not a punishment. It's the gift. And that's why the Gemara in Tractate says that the two greatest days of the year are the 15th of Av. That's what we call love day. When people get their their soulmates and 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 Yom Kippur, you say, "Why are we Yom Kippur? Twenty four hour fast?" Yes, twenty four hour fast because it's a one chance to put the body aside, put the body to sleep, and let the soul go to Hashem. So Rabbi Nachman says, "Don't force it. Don't force it. It'll come natural." Because if a person uh, tries to do something with extraneous thoughts, it's got all kinds of strange. Oh, I need to cry. I need to cry. You're not already focused. The focus should be, Hashem, bring me close to you. Hashem, I want to get close to you. Hashem, you're my father in heaven. How can it be that a son or a daughter be severed from a father? That's that if we would see, and any anybody person would see that a, a, a son or daughter is to have mercy on a son or daughter. Hashem, I, I'm your child. You're not going to have mercy on me. You talk like that. And you, you speak like that to Hashem. Not, not crying. You talk to Hashem, Hashem. And, 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 who, who, nobody else can bring me close to you. You've got to bring me close. And Hashem, I got this body. This body is the way you gave me the body. And I can't get over the Gemara tells me that I can't get over the body is completely controlled by Yetzirah, evil inclination. He's boss of the body. He controls the liver. He controls the spleen. He controls the major organs. And there's a, got the little tiny princess. The soul, this little tiny princess is like a, a trapped in uh, a, a dungeon. But the dungeon up in the, 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 the middle evil, the middle evil castles, they had the princess was trapped in the tower. Okay, the dungeon is not down below ground. It's in the tower. She's up here in the tower, and she's trapped. And down below, the wicked king, okay, the, the evil, nasty, wicked king, he's controlling the whole body. He's controlling the digestive system. He's controlling the limbs. He's controlling. And she's up there, and she's, a, a, she's almost defenseless. But she's got the power. As soon as she connects to her creator, and that's her creator. That's her daughter. That's the princess. Her father is the king of kings. She's the princess. As soon as that soul connects a princess, that completely spreads light, that light, it's like atomic power destroys evil inclination. And then what it does is it brings the bodily limbs subservient to a shim. And that's what Rabbi Nachman is telling us about. Because he says when a person concentrates on the words that he's saying to a shim, like he's speaking to a friend, when you point your soul out to your best friend, you're not trying to put on airs. You've been your best friend. There's known you for the last 30 years. You're not trying to make an impression. You're going to be friends this way. You'll be friends. You're thick and thin. Doesn't matter what. It's a true friend. And, and, and you could be honest. This is even more so. Even more so. More than a friend. Rabbi Nachman says, then the heart, it's going to be aroused. As soon as you're sincere, Rabbi Nachman says, don't worry. That he will be able to 
focus on what he says and be able to connect to Hashem. But but as soon as he thinks, he's anticipating, when am I going to cry? When am I going to cry? When am I going to connect? When am I going to cry? Okay, then he ends up with neither. Don't get, you're empty-handed. You don't get your prayer answered. You didn't get close to Hashem or anything else you wanted. Hashem, let, let me let me learn to pray. Hashem, let me learn to, to Torah. Let me get close to you. You don't get any of it, and you don't cry either because it's not sincere. And Hashem doesn't want sincerity. Hashem's not a, a uh, what do they call it? A, a talent uh, a talent agent in Hollywood. You know, he needs it. You're, you're trying out for an acting part. You're not trying out for an acting part. You're Hashem's daughter. You're Hashem's son. You don't need to put on any airs. Hashem knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly every cell in our body, every single uh, every single chromosome on our chromosome map. Hashem has us down in micro, the, the detail that you can't imagine. Hashem knows every single thought, every single deed, every single action. Stop putting on the put Western society and Western propriety, and we don't have to believe politically correct with your father in heaven. That's what Rabbi Nachman is saying. Stop putting on the act. Speak from the heart. Just speak from the heart and speak from the heart and speak from the heart. And you speak from the heart and speak from the heart and speak from the heart. Hashem, I'm not leaving here until you open up my heart. I'm not leaving it. Forget about the open up my heart. Meanwhile, it's open up my heart. Meanwhile, my, my eyes are crying. You can't, you, you cannot otherwise, because as soon as you, you, you're stubborn about it, as soon as I'm not leaving you, Shem, I'm not leaving you. The Yetzer is going to come and beat me up with that 10 thugs. I'm not leaving you. I'm holding on to you, Shem. I'm going to cling. And then they're going to have to, you have to, I don't care. I don't care. This is what the Tzaddikim did to, to the end. Rabbi Akiva on the stake, the 10 Tzaddikim, I said, how could they smile? When they came up to late, because they held on to Hashem to the very end, the sanctification of Hashem's name. So when we say the Shema prayer, when we say any prayer, we speak to Hashem with this total dedication. It's as if we gave our life for Hashem. This is the greatest sanctification of Hashem's name. And you feel you're sanctifying your life for Hashem. And say, Hashem, it, I don't care. I don't care if in this prayer, I nothing else interests me. I don't care if my soul leaves me right now and goes right up to you. I don't care. Hashem, I want to connect with you. Wow. You're not going to dry eyes. Sorry, you're not going to do it. It, it, it. it doesn't work. And you're going to be sincere. And you talk to Hashem like that with all your heart and all your might and all your soul. It's, it's, it's right there. But don't. When am I going to cry, Hashem? Oh, when am I going to cry? <laughs> oh, oh. Hashem, look, bring it. You've got a microscope. I've got a quarter of a tear. And right, oh, Hashem, oh, oh, jolly good. I've got a tear. <laughs> That's not what Hashem wants. That's not what Hashem wants. And I don't know whether the angel's going to laugh or cry, but they say that they don't want it to shame them because you're Hashem's son, Hashem's daughter. They're going to say, Hashem, look at this clown because it's insulting Hashem's kid. But Hashem is kind of embarrassed in front of the angels that one of his kids is a clown. He doesn't want that. Okay, so this don't anticipate crying. And it's all going to confuse you. And just like we're not supposed to have extraneous thoughts. What are we thinking about? We think about getting close to Hashem. We think about crying Hashem. We think about asking Hashem for forgiveness. As soon as we think about crying, <laughs> we're, like, we're not there anymore. We're not, uh, we're, not, we're not on the field. We're not on the playing field. 
Someone should be uh, is in the moon dial and he thinks he's on the tennis court. Sorry, you should be kicking to the goal. You're not hitting a tennis ball. No, he doesn't want to know where he is. No extraneous thoughts. So this is why it's important to be focused. And then Rebbe Nachman says, Aika, Aika, the, the most important thing. When the Rebbe says, Aika, ki ha-ika, ha-ika. And Rebbe says, L'dabera dibur be'emet l'fnei Hashem birach b'lishu machshavot acherot klal. Rebbe says the most important thing to say what you want to say to Hashem with no extraneous thoughts at all. Nothing. No other foreign thoughts. Nothing gets it. Now, income tax doesn't matter. And uh, the kids' tuition, that doesn't matter. And what you had last night for dinner, that doesn't matter. And the medical bill, that doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It all matters. That's it. Go into Yom Kippur and think this is a day for my soul. Everybody else, sorry, I'm hanging up a, a sign on my body, like on my back. Yeah, they, they, they have the they used to go walk around the beggars and they'd get a couple of cents advertising the soup kitchen. You know, I'd go in Brooklyn with the sign in the back. Got a sign on my back, out to lunch. Lasers out to lunch, not here, not here. The, the, the shama, out to lunch. Today, Yom Kippur, out to lunch, but I can't eat. Okay, out to lunch. Okay, forget it. And uh, see, or do not disturb. Like you're in a hotel and you want to sleep, you don't want the 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 chambermaids to make the beds. Now, do not disturb. Put on a do not disturb sign. I'm this. I'm talking to Hashem. This is today's day for Hashem. Okay, so that is what Rabbi Nachman says. The most important thing to speak to Hashem honestly, without any other thoughts at all. And if he merits genuine tears, genuine tears, Rabbi Nachman says. Okay, you can't be emet. Genuine tears, matov. That's how nice. Him no, him love, love. And if not, not. So even if you don't cry, don't let that confuse you. Okay, you didn't let cry because Hashem didn't let you cry. You wanted to. You would have been happy to cry. You would have loved it. It's all up to Hashem. Hulavado, remember first principle of Mona, Hulavado, he alone did, does, and will everything. Okay, that's it. That's it. And that's the whole thing. That is our lesson. That is Torah 95. So now we finish Torah 95 and cherished brothers and sisters, we go on to Torah 96. What a what lovely accomplishment. This is something so special for Yom Kippur. And that's why I just had to get to, to talk to Rabbi Wolby. We have to have a lesson tonight. We have to learn this before Yom Kippur. And this is not only good for Yom Kippur. This is good for our prayers, our formal prayers, our informal prayers, our personal prayers. And this is private speaking 202. This is the master's degree. When a person can be able, you stand for your master's thesis, your master's thesis in private speaking is to speak one thought with total sincerity and with no extraneous other thoughts. Hashem, bring me close to you. Hashem, give me the desire to get close to you. No, Hashem, I don't feel you. Hashem, let me feel you in my life. Take that one thought, that one thought, and don't, there's going to be opposition on the field. Don't worry about it. I'll teach you a lesson that we learn from physical battle down to, to a spiritual battle. In Krav Maga, there's a situation where a soldier's on his own. And it's in hand-to-hand, and there's four, five, six other enemy soldiers. And there's no way you get, if you can get away, get away, you get away. If you can't get away... And what you do, and this is especially in a, in, a, in a street conflict, okay, six bullies, they come along, and it looks ominous, it looks threatening, you can't get away. So they attack, you take one 
and just knock the daylights out of him. Everything you know, a total attack, three, four seconds. What usually happens is the other one's afraid they run away. They say, oh, we didn't mean to mess with the guy. And they'll run away. Okay, but this one, you send into a convalescent home. He goes to convalescent home. Okay, he didn't. And this is a... This is self-defense. This is, we're not, we did no one. This is the same thing with the Yatzer. The Yatzer's come with all kinds of thoughts. All kinds of this. You come, we all get this. I'm taking that one thought and I don't care. Bombard me. Do this. Okay. You starve. I'm not going to have a bunch of the food. Whatever you, whatever you threaten me with the Yatzer. You don't run the world. Hashem runs the world. Threatening this, that. What about this thought? What about that thought? Know that the extraneous thoughts. Pay attention one thing. Whenever the Yetzer Hara, whenever the evil inclination gives an extraneous thought about an idea to do for business, maybe do this for that, it never succeeds. It never, it never succeeds. What we get in prayer, that's fine. Any extraneous thought never succeeds. Rabbi Nachman says, take that one thought, let it sincere, and that's going to open up the gates of your soul to Hashem. And this is when your soul would overcome the blockage, overcome the blockage, and you'll feel Hashem, and you feel Hashem. And just for one feeling of Hashem, and so you can see when the real tzaddikim, I, I don't know where you get to power. You see the, the Melitzer Rebbe, he, he cries 10 hours, 10 hours straight on Rosh Hashanah. It, 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 you hear him, it's unbelievable. Because this power of concentration, and especially the, the tzaddikim, they don't care about material things. They, don't care. they give, dude, they, they, he doesn't own a car. He doesn't care about Bermuda vacations. He doesn't care about the bigger house and the nothing. So this is what we had one thought. Okay, let's go on to Torah 96. We're going to Torah 96. We continue on. Rabbi Nachman continues in private speaking, 202. An additional thing. This is Rabbi Natan writing down this Torah. This is a Torah that Rabbi Natan wrote down that he heard from Rabbi Nachman. He said, Odomal talking third person. Rabbi Natan is saying, Rabbi Nachman said, Kozal, Rabbi Natan wrote this down after Rabbi Nachman died. He said it was his way of blessed memory. It was Rabbi Nachman's way to prod everyone, to encourage everyone to do, engage in Hitbudud, to engage in secluded personal prayer with the Creator. That a person should speak to Hashem in his own talk, his own charge, every single day. This is spiritual vitamin. This is nutrition for the soul. We all understand that we want to eat and drink every day. And this is what Rabbi Nachman would encourage everyone to speak to Hashem every single day. Okay. Rabbi Nachman used to have an expression in Yiddish, a little bit is good too. It says, even there are plenty of times, set aside time, and by the time you get past the Yetzirah and the evil inclination does everything, everything to stop you from speaking to Hashem, and you finally beat the evil inclination, and you made it out to the meadow, you made it out to the woods, you made it out to the lake, uh, even made it out to the balcony, and you buy loan, speak to Hashem, and you open your mouth and, uh-uh. What's the matter? <laughs> I can't speak anymore. Everything I plan to speak about, sometimes, some days, maybe remember to write things down. Notice this, I need to talk about A, B, C, and D, make a little list of what I need to speak Hashem about. But maybe in that day, I forgot to write it down. Now, all of a sudden, 
Rabbi Nachman says, it's okay if you don't say anything. Just the mere fact that you set aside time to be with the king, with your father in heaven, this is, Hashem cherishes this. And if you succeed in saying one sincere thing, like he told us in Torah 95, now he says again in Torah 96, don't think that we're underplaying things. It's this understatement. One sincere thing. If a person says one sincere utterance in a whole hour of people to do, bravo, that's a success. That's a success. That's an eternal success for the soul. Fantastic. Okay. He also said if a person says one thing only, he should be resolute. And you can repeat it over and over and over again. Hashem, bring me close to you. 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 And just focus on that. Focus on it. Focus on it. And sometimes by repetition, this again, something in uh, whether a person learns yoga or Pilates or Krav Maga and physical training, a person learns something new. And it's a strange movement. When a person does the movement 10 times, the brain begins to absorb. When a person does a hundred times, then it becomes fluid. There's togetherness with the brain and the body, coordination. When a person does that movement a thousand times, it's second nature. That's how I would learn a new movement, do it a thousand times, it's second nature. So a person says something a thousand times, it's the same thing, the same principle here. So Rabbi Nachman says, say it over and over, that they, they say over and over. If you say, Hashem, open up my mouth. Hashem, open up my mouth. I have no power of speech. There is a good ploy, a very good ploy that works wonderful. Uh, one thing, when I cannot speak and I don't know what I should be speaking about, I say, wait a second. My brain's working. I've got impulses in my brain going out. So it's 90 million impulses to lift my finger 90 degrees. Wow. And to, to say something, how many billions of brain impulses? What's going on? Every single brain impulse from Hashem. Hashem, thank you for my brain, my cerebellum, my cerebrum, my patella. It's good to learn anatomy in a bathroom where you can't learn Torah. Okay, it's very good. Learn physiology and anatomy. Learn about the body. Learn how it works and learn how many things there are to say thank you for it. Okay. Uh, they guess it, ask, a, ask an optometrist, a, a Dr. David Dome, ask him what about the eye? What the, the, the intricacy of the eyes? How many things, how many parts of the eye and the coordination between uh, the cornea and the retina? And so many things that could go wrong. And it's just, and one did Jim, have you ever had a little green? A tiny little grain of dust in your eye drives you crazy. And the pain, Hashem, thank you that I don't have any dust, any debris in my eyes. I said, okay, maybe by saying thank you to Hashem, they don't have any debris in my eyes. Then that is an insurance policy that I won't have any debris. But a person gets a speck of dust in his eye. Ooh, that's something not to be thankful for. And just gets these, we get these little problems because we take so many things in life for granted. So we begin at top, like a like a pilot, a pilot before takeoff has a checklist. We start thinking of Shem for our brain, and we go down for our eyes, and we go to our nose, our nostril, our power of smelling, our ears, and our power of hearing. And one by one, one by one, one by one, you won't get down to the chest where you'd be so overwhelmed with gratitude with the Shem. And your heart opens up like a wellspring and the words just come forth. That's the power of gratitude. And I, I don't know, I've never made it down to the knees. <laughs> so, so there's that tooth time that started from the feet, then gone up. 
because otherwise they did the bottom. They show they never make it. They never make it there. Okay, so they, 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 this is an, uh, another way. This is a ploy that works for me uh, to to open up my Hashem's fatay tiftach. Hashem opened up my mouth. That's what we say before we pray. Before we pray. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman says like this. They'd say, that you can repeat the same, the same uh thought over and over. Rabbi Nachman says, even if you take that one thought, continue for 295, and you say it for a week long, you say it for several days. Hashem bring me close to you, Hashem bring me close to you, Hashem bring me close to you, Hashem bring me close to you. Okay, it's not going to sound in heaven like a broken record. Hashem loves it. And when it's enough, you pay your dues it's a, with prayers. What's going to happen? Hashem's going to bring it close to you. And people say, well, I've been praying for the new car. I've been praying for a new home so much. Maybe it's not good for you. But when we pray for spiritual abundance, we always get it. And so we have to want it genuinely. Hashem does give some people want to, they want to they look around what happens in, in the high holiday davening. Why are people not focused? They're looking around. Who's looking at me? Who's in synagogue? Where am I? And, and they, you know, he says, and where am I sitting? How close to the, how close to the bima? How close to the front? Which is where the highbrows are. I'm with the highbrows or I'm with the plebeians. And people are all these silly Stupid things. And Hashem, what he cares about, he cares about the little sewage worker in the background because he's the only one in the synagogue that's praying with all his heart. Okay. He's, he's praying with all his You see some the, the, the high brows and the governors and the and the, the, the statesmen and the and the dude, but the, they're all of a sudden. You get the little the, the mailman sitting next to the to the bus driver and the you know, the people that little get to the regular people. Yeah, this is this is what the Baal Shem told. He, he loved those regular people because you know the Shem loved those regular people. Okay, so it, if you say the same thing over and over and over and over all week long, that's okay. That's okay. So Rebbe says, Rebbe Nachman says, if you spend several days doing the same thing, but one thing Rebbe says, be strong and be courageous because the Yetzirah that you got the opposition on the field, there's an enemy on the field. And that's our war. We're fighting the evil inclination because he's standing in our way. He will let us do anything. You want to go dance in the discotheque? That's fine. You want to go to the local pub, knock down a couple of schooners? That's fine. You want to go gossip with the girls? That's fine. Speak to Hashem? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, call in the reserves. So now he's calling in his, his Polish tanks, his Swedish tanks, like the Ukraine. They're trying to bring in armaments from the whole world. Okay, he's acting like uh, Zelensky. He's calling in the Yetzirah. He's, he's going everywhere. trying to arms. I'm going to bombard this guy. I'm going to bombard this girl. Keep him away from Hashem. <laughs> and send in his drones and send in his everything. And the Yetzirah, he's got all this. You, you want to go out? Uh, uh, you want to go out and speak to Hashem? I said, well, have you seen Instagram today? Have you seen TikTok today? And all of a sudden, something will flash on your screen. Something look interesting. Uh, this, see, Yetzirah. He controls all this stuff. He controls all this stuff. So Rabbi Nachman says, be strong and courageous and continue to say whatever you want to say until Hashem has mercy on you and Hashem will open up your mouth and Hashem will enable to elaborate your words. And when Hashem enables to elaborate your words, you're going to speak, you're going to cry, you're going to yearn for Hashem, you're going to feel the light of Hashem and it feels so good. It feels so good. This is what King David said 
Buzia, buzia Anything, any amenity in life that you give me, it's nothing compared to one moment of closeness with Hashem. And this is what King David says. Oh, look, look at the book of Psalms. He says it all through the book of Psalms. Achat shalti based Hashem. One thing I ask Hashem for, Psalm 27, we say every single day, twice a day, uh, from the first of Elul until after Sukkot, till after Shemini Yatzelet, one thing I ask for Hashem, I should sit in Hashem's house, the house of Hashem, the whole temple, all days of my life, to see the splendor of Hashem, the calm, it's, it, it's a calmness and splendor, noam. it's splendor and it's calm, the soul feels so at peace, it's illuminated peace. And Rebbe says, what does Rebbe say? To see the calm splendor of the Almighty and to visit his hall, visit his palace. Why does Rebbe Nachman say visit? Because Rebbe Nachman says every single day, I never want to get used to being with Hashem. I want every moment to be Hashem to be like the first moment. You ever said you met the person you married? And wow, on the first date, you know, he said, I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going to marry this girl. And wow, that's it. Remember that wow moment? If people would live that wow moment all their lives, there'd be no such thing as divorce. Because remember why I, I, I say to couples when they come to me with problems, why, why, did you, why, did you, why did you get married in the first place? What happened back then? You guys were so infatuated in love. Well, bring, bring it back. Bring it back. And that's the way we should feel with Hashem. Never, never. I just say the prayer every day, every single day. It's brand new. And you see people and something. You have pity on people. They go, you know, bump, 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 bump. You know, rub a dub, dub. Thanks for the grub. Yay, God. No, that's that's not the way. Oh, one word, word by word, word by word, word by word. It's all brand new. It's all brand new. So the Rebbe says like this. It continues. That every spoken word is so powerful. Rabbi Nachman says that one thing. He says, this is a showstopper. He says, you could speak to a rifle. You could speak to a 45 caliber Luger and tell it you're going to be jammed and it's going to jam. People don't believe this. There is a true story about the Klosenberger Rebbe. It was right before the close of World War II, and it was hours before the Americans liberated Auschwitz, and a German officer took the Kloisenberg rep in his car. He knew that in his Jeep, and he put a Luger to his head. And he says, you think the Americans are going to save you? Okay, they'll catch me, but I'm going to blow you away. I know that you're the, the rabbiner of the Juden, that you're the, you're the rabbinical head of the Juden. Like, I'm going to blow you away. I'm going to blow your brains right out here. So the Kloisenberger Rebbe, he exemplified the expression that I love, he who fears one, fears no one. The Kloisenberger Rebbe, he lost a wife and 11 children in the Holocaust. And he picked himself up, came to the land of Israel, remarried, and, and built the, a whole half of the town of Netanya, built an orphanage, built the yeshiva, built the hospital. Then he had a hospital. The Kloisenberg Rebbe built it. He did so much, and he remarried, had another seven kids. 
and two of his children, the, the Sansa Rebbe in Netanya and the Kloisenberg Rebbe in New York. And he rebuilt a complete new life. So he said to the German, he says, that Luger's not going to fire if Hashem doesn't want it to. He said, look at it, not fire. The German tried pulling the trigger. It jammed. And just then the Americans came and grabbed him. That's when he was liberated. That's the moment that the Kloisenberg Rebbe was liberated. Rebbe Nachman, this is prophetic, what he's saying, that a person with the spiritual power of the Kloisenberg Rebbe, okay, this is a Kloisenberg Rebbe, when he was able to pray and what he's able to do, he could, he could jam, sure, he could guarantee that a German officer, his Luger is going to be well lubricated and well cared for, and it's no such thing as going to have rust on it, the German officer. Okay. And the Kloisenberg Rebbe looked at that gun and said, it's going to be jammed. He tried. He could do a thing. Could do a thing. Then he got caught. He got caught. Then that's it. And uh, he said to it, does the Americans grabbed him? He said to the closing rabbi German, he says that he says, du bist gut. You're right. You're right. He, he acknowledged. He acknowledged. He saw, he saw this. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. Ever had such a thing that his Luger, his jam, he killed a lot of people with that Luger. But closing rabbi couldn't kill him. Couldn't kill him. And this is what the Rebbe Nachman said. This word is powerful, that if our intent is so powerful, then it's 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 stronger, it's stronger than a it's it, it's stronger than, a, than bombs, stronger than bombs. Even during Ashdod, we've got Sadiqim here in Ashdod, the Melitzer Rebbe. We've got two grandsons of the Babasali, uh Rabbi Erfol, Abu Khatsira, and Rabbi Kutiel Abu Khatsira. And Hamas, they said, couldn't understand that their GPS on their missiles are fine. But they said, they don't understand why the missiles fall, go out in the sea. <laughs> they got Sadiqim that are going like that with their hands and, and, and sending the missiles out to the sea. This is, this is the power. This is exactly what Rebbe Nachman is talking about. And we can see this tangibly in this generation. Okay. And Rebbe's out. Rebbe Nachman says, Vahavin, understand this because it's true. And a lot of people, they won't understand this. I'm a military expert. They won't understand it because they got no Amuna. You got no Amuna. You need a Amuna to understand this. But Rabbi Nachman, he's, he's, he knows. He knows. As continues, she debel me said. Debel obey me, Rabbi Nathan is now narrating. And Rabbi says, what the Rebbe was talking about this, the Rebbe spoke extensively about it, And Rebbe talked about in different different superlatives, how wonderful it is to speak to Hashem. And the Rebbe encouraged us, and he made us strong about this, that uh, we should get stronger and speak to Hashem continually in our own language. And Rebbe continued, Rebbe said, if we're up to him, uh, that his he would send his pupils all day long, go speak to Hashem all day long. That's it. Go speak to Hashem all day long. That's it. And spend our entire days just speaking to Hashem. But not many people could do that. Okay, so you can't speak to him for 24 hours a day, not for 12 hour days. Hashem, Rabbi Nachman says, try and set aside an hour a day to speak to Hashem. Because this is also very good. But a person whose heart is firmly committed to the Almighty, 
wants to accept himself the yoke of divine service. Even a person, person has a feel he would love to speak to Hashem all day long. But Hashem knows he's got to make a living. He's got to go to the hospital. He's got to go. He's a, he's a doctor. He's got to go to teach his school. He's got to go to teacher. He's got to go to the office. He's got to go here. Hashem knows that. But just the fact, how do we show Hashem that we'd like to speak to him all day long? A doctor on the way to the hospital, on the way to the office, is in his car. Okay. And you could be speaking to Hashem in, in, in the car, but just be careful not to should be too intense because you got to keep your eyes on the road too. All right. But if somebody else is driving, fantastic. And in, in the, the subway, you don't have to speak out loud. Nobody knows who you're speaking to in the subway or on the bus or on the train. Okay. This shows Hashem, you know, Hashem, if I could all day long. So that means whenever I have a chance, whenever a couple of minutes, I'm going to speak to you. Okay. And this is not Rabbi Nachman's words. People say, oh, crazy breast of verse. This is the Gemara Tractate Brachot, page 21, that our sages say that it should only be that a person should speak to Hashem all day long. He should pray all day long. Okay. So with that, Baruch Hashem, we have completed Torah 95 and completed Torah 96. And this prepares us for Yom Kippur. And with that, I've got some time left to answer some questions, anything you'd like. And thank you, Hashem, Bo Hashem, to be able to learn this, uh, we call it Yiddish, it's a, a little candy, a special little candy for uh, Yom Kippur and for the rest of the year.